Today, I'm going to be talking over Skype to Mina V. Esguera, a romance author and also a publisher who has helped over 100 authors with their own romance novels. We're going to be talking about self-publishing in the Philippines, digital publishing, and the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on the industry. We're also going to talk about what it takes to develop and cultivate your own community of fellow artists and creators. So listen to our conversation over Skype as we discuss things that are important to the creative professional here on FA 104 with Jamie Bautista. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> My name is Mina Villas-Guerra, and I'm a romance author and publisher. Uh, and I started 10 years ago. This is actually my 10th year. Uh, wow. It's act actually my first published book was released 11 years ago. This is my 10th year as a self-publisher and publisher. So um, yeah, I can I can talk about uh, a bunch of things regarding like uh, the way I write, the way I publish, and experiments that I've done in the past 10 years. First started writing because I love to read romance. So that was uh, that. That's how it is. Um, when when I was uh, thinking of uh, writing a book and having it published, I kind of went back to like what 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 would be the thing that I would be uh, writing a book about, and I kept coming back to the kinds of books that I loved reading as a teenager. So that's romance, and even uh, so the 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 prompt for for actually wanting to be published was one of those things that I wanted. Yung like bucket list things. Uh, mm. Have a book published before uh, I turn 30, something like that. So that was the prompt. And then I worked on it. I finished the manuscript. And then at the time, the way to get it published was to query publishers. So I did that. I wrote a manuscript. I wrote a query letter. I emailed local publishers and waited for response. <laughs> so that was how it was back then. And uh, of course, a lot has changed since then. But my first book was uh, released 11 years ago. And that's what started the whole me as romance author uh, career. Yeah. yeah. So when, when, for example, I used to hear that, uh, or not usually, I, I hear that, but now in the US, when people want to get published, um, what they do is they need to have a literary agent, you know, so th there's so many channels you have to go through. Um, what's it like here when you had, like, oh, even back then or even now, what was it like to, if you want to pitch to a publisher, if you want to get your story out there, what, what's the process like? Back then, it's, uh, and, and it's still, it's still similar when you're trying to pitch a U.S. publisher because the system was, uh, it, it kind of remains similar. Uh, you actually write a book first and then... Mm, sort of get it in, in shape that somebody else could read it, and then you write a letter to a publisher. The difference with uh, the U.S. system of having a literary agent is the reason why you have an agent is so they can advocate for you in terms of negotiations of book uh, in your book deal, in your contract, how many books, uh, uh, the advance that you get, percentage of royalties in local publishing because there's probably not going to be a negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> they've decided if they actually acquire your book in a, uh, if a Philippine publisher decides to acquire your book you probably don't get a lot of uh, leeway uh, in terms of negotiation and because agents earn uh, a percentage of mm -hmm. the contract that they negotiate 
it's not worth uh, um, agents yeah. don't really work here because since there's no negotiation they don't they don't um, any percentage that they're gonna get won't be significant so, so that's why it's always authors advocating for themselves um, when it comes to publishers here in the Philippines uh, but the way that the way that you uh, learn how to do that the way that you write uh, the way that you write a manuscript and the way that you present it in a letter that someone else will read and someone else will probably judge. Um, it's good practice, even if you're not uh, working with a U.S. publisher eventually, or even if you don't query a Philippine publisher eventually, just going through that professional practice of, of putting your thoughts down, summarizing what your book is about in a way that um, factors in the market, um, publisher perspective, why people would want to buy this, and why you wrote it. It's, it's good practice anyway. So when you see advice online about how to, how to approach a publisher, uh, even if you don't intend to, uh, I would recommend just going through the process also. When you were pitching your book, for example, you said that you wanted to write a certain kind of uh, a certain kind of book, like the kind of books you enjoyed when you were younger, uh, doing romance. Mm -hmm. um, did you have did for example the the fact that you know uh, you wanted to write in a specific genre was that um, a factor in for example choosing which publishers you were pitching to uh, is there a difference in in um, for example if because if, for example if you want to do to, to um, there's some people I guess who just want to be uh, want to be published and they try to choose okay what uh, genre is popular now but what you did mm -hmm. was more of I want this is a specific book that I wanted to do so it was is the um, approach different was the approach different there like did you have to suss out yeah, on which uh, yes uh, but but that was a choice that I made and I didn't really think at the time I know that people think that I know that people think I just want to be published and I want to be popular so mm -hmm. I will I will look at the trends and then attack those trends so um, a lot of people do that and a lot of people can be successful doing that but uh, I went into this more of like as a project for myself. So I didn't see it as just looking at something that was popular but didn't con that I didn't connect to at all. So I said, if I'm going to spend time, it, it still took me marketing the manuscript and, and going through the process of, of talking to people about your book. It really takes a lot out of you, especially if you're like, introvert artist or, yeah. <laughs> or most of us are yeah it's it's <laughs> yeah that's a lot of uh, as i learned a lot of authors are like it's really hard to talk about your work so when you choose when you have to do that you kind of have to believe in it right <laughs> you you, you it's it's always it shouldn't be difficult to to tell somebody that this is something that you uh, are proud of and this is why a lot of people deserve to read it um so what I did, but I didn't even think of it that way. For me, it was just really what would be fun for me, what would I enjoy, and what 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 do I know? So I know romance. I know YA. I read a lot of Sweet Valley High and Sweet Dreams uh, growing up. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and then, so I wanted. I knew. I knew that there was a gap in terms of um, Filipino authored books like that there weren't enough um because sweet dreams had a new book every month for mm -hmm. for more than a decade so yeah. that really develops into a catalog where you have all right. these experiences all these stories and we didn't have that so 
uh, I thought I'd start with that uh, because and and because I I like reading that. Um, I knew which publishers were kind of, if not interested in doing that or already doing that, they had the they understood the aesthetic and they and they already were in touch with that market. So so that had to be. Um, but actually, when something is popular, any publisher will, is going to try it. But what happens there is they might not have uh, within their team the expertise to, right. to edit it well, to design it well, to market it well, and distribute it well, which is their entire job. <laughs> so, right. so it, so, but I only found this out later because at the time, I really wasn't experienced in that aspect of publishing. I worked in corporate communications and web publishing for, for a different industry entirely. Uh, I didn't know trade publishing or fiction publishing very well here. So I just really went with um, whose, whose books and magazines did I buy already? Mm-hmm. Uh, whose design aesthetic uh, yeah. I liked? And when I wanted books that were similar to mine, who was already publishing stuff like that? So yeah, that that's how I went about it. And of course, years later, I realized that is the way to go about it. Yeah. You you have to go with people who know who know the market already, especially if you're new. Oh, it's nice. You mentioned that actually you were working in a different field at the time. You know, because a lot of my students, for example, they're thinking that. Um, especially those who are applying to be writers are wondering, can this be my full-time thing? Um, I, I used to tell them that, I, I, I told them during class that, you know, it doesn't have to be your full-time, full-time thing right away. You know, you can um, do it some, sort of at the side first. You can find, a, do a different job with using your skill set. Um, like in your jobs, were, were there things in your job um, at the time um, that you could easily, um, like would translate into helping, helping you finish your book and writing your book? Um, and how did you find the time to to write and you know uh, while having a another full time job also? So uh, I I guess the the broader answer to that is I've always been interested in writing. So anything that I did from high school to college to after that was it was writing um, had the writing theme in some way. So I I graduated from ABCOM at the uh, I did not write a, fi- a thing of fiction. <laughs> did was not a member of any um of any uh. uh heights or No, did not do theater. None of that. Did not do film. No, I, I I did not do any of that. But I was always writing. So I was uh, uh I was always writing. Um, and then found it easy to transition into a, a an editor job after college. Mm-hmm eventually took my master's in development communication so that was uh more of um social social marketing or or uh communicating messages that had to do with um community and social impact so all these things uh are communication related and and as this was in 2000 something so the web was becoming more and more prominent and if you were an editor you were probably assigned to do the website of anything yeah. uh, and social media was coming up so really if you're if you're marketing or if you're writing oriented or editorial oriented you will end up doing digital or web publishing in some way at work so that gave me the confidence to to sort of tune out 
to to be able to create something because the the writing side of me was doing uh like mechanical editorial things yeah. and uh so so i was able to find time but you had to find time like i i i did not just have it i i had to make time i had to give myself a deadline so that was when like published by this age um mm. that's where that came in i had to force myself to really reorient myself and and think creatively again i think a lot of um a lot of students go through this especially in com like you can you come in wanting to to write this this film this great film right. <laughs> or write great book and then you have to study all the theory and then you lose uh, you lose whatever it is that you originally that originally inspired you or you get sort of talked out of it because mm-hmm. now you've seen much better work <laughs> and uh, and so that kind of um that that uh that slowed me down uh, in terms of creating new things after college but at a certain age I decided you know I have to do this for myself uh, and then I, I had about 10 years of like work experience in in other aspects of editorial and publishing so it helped um, all of it helped uh, so I guess if anybody ends up graduating and then ending up in in a job that isn't necessarily creating, it's okay. Everything helps. And I wouldn't recommend doing this full-time right away. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, even now, even now, um, I, I kind of, after 10 years of writing and publishing, I've transitioned my LinkedIn and my career profile into more of a publishing-oriented uh, profile. But I yeah. still do my main work uh i just don't go around speaking in classes about it it's yeah. not interesting <laughs> so but yeah you can you can still be you you can do a lot in terms of creating and publishing and still have another job uh i don't know if that will be interesting or or encouraging or discouraging but yeah that will happen and it's okay um but at the same, uh, on the other side of it, I know I have friends who are authors who really did do this, decide to do this full time. And it is a job and they're very successful. But imagine writing novels eight hours a day and wow. releasing and releasing several new novels or novellas a month. It is a job. <laughs> so uh, it is a it is a small business of sorts. So it is possible if this if that's the kind of job that you want yeah one because one of the issues that my students bring up a lot is um oh i don't know if i want to even though the class is about being a creative creative professional where you're supposed to take your course your your art and make it into a, a living or a profession a lot of them are worried about the fact that oh you know i don't know if i want my writing to be my job because um does that mean now you know there'll be someone telling me what i can write what i cannot write or because the market demands this and all that um and, you know, so I could sense with a lot of my students that there's that fear of losing sort of control over the thing that you create, that it's not anymore. And and, and we, we tell them that, you know, being professional, that's part of the compromise, that you get to make a living out of it, but you sometimes have to do, you're doing this for other people because that's what people are willing to pay for. Um, but I, I tell some of the students that, you know, that's why, for example, um, if you want to have more control over what you write, so you you also, the, the cost there is um, you have to put, handle more of it, uh, more of the, not just the writing side, but more of the business side. Um, so I, 
just to segue into the next uh, topic, I guess, is why did you um, decide to enter into self-publishing? Um, I think, um, if correct me if I'm wrong, because you wanted to write a very specific kind of uh, story. Like you, you wanted to do romance, uh, Filipino romance, romance in English, you know. So, um, and as you said, you you were looking, you were not, uh, what's popular, I'll write that so it makes my living. But I just want to create a very specific kind of book. I, have, I want to create specific kind of stories. Um, is, is that why you felt the need that I have to you know, start take control of the whole, uh, more of the, the process than just the writing side? Uh, so I, I start, I, my first self-published book was released 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. the reason why I self-published that time was only because uh, I, ha I had the publisher, they published my first book, but they also had a publishing schedule. So mm -hmm. at the time, uh, they were not releasing more than, I think, four books a year mm -hmm. of the kind of book that I was writing, which was Chiclet Contemporary Romance. So uh, after my first book came out and there was a, a really nice response to it, I, I thought that it would be one book and then done, and then I would move on with my life. But I actually got a nice response to it. So I started writing again. I had another idea. I started writing. Finished, I guess, relatively quickly. And then they, and then I knew even before like telling them, I knew that uh, even if they liked it, they wouldn't be able to take it on and release it as soon as I wanted because there was a there was a line. Uh, they weren't publishing as many books back then, so I looked at my options. Like I didn't want to wait three years or. <laughs> two or three years before another book of mine came out and at the time Amazon was accepting um Amazon was accepting uh international authors publishing on their ebook platform <laughs> <I don't. laughs> they were accepting <laughs> so yeah so that was uh, so that was a new thing and I experimented doing that. This is with the, yeah, this Kindle, right? The Kindle uh, yes. bookstore. So yeah. the Kindle platform uh, used to be apparently, I didn't even know it at the time, but apparently at the beginning, it was just U.S. authors that they were publishing. And then eventually uh, that year, I don't know if it was that year or just before I had discovered it, they had started accepting books from international authors. So I thought there was nothing to lose. I write in English anyway. Let me just put it out there as an experiment and see what happens. And it was, and it started from there. So uh, whatever market that I had developed uh, was almost like, uh, I just had to learn on the job almost. So yes, you do get to control a lot of the aspects of, of publishing. A lot of authors don't want to do that. They want to work with a publisher because they don't want to think about, they just want to write. They don't want to think about design, cover design, formatting, marketing. They want someone else to do it for them. Uh, the, the sad realization is <laughs> you're probably going to do that anyway <laughs> in the year 2020. <laughs> because back then, the traditional wisdom was if you didn't, if you only wanted to write and you had written an excellent book, go with the publisher because they'll do all of the other work for you. Um, in, in the years that passed, uh, we started to see that authors who had, for example, an online following, meaning 
this is marketing. Like when when you're on Twitter or you're or on Instagram or on Facebook and you have people following you there or you're on Wattpad and people are following you there, that is considered marketing. So now that's one thing that a publisher won't do for you because you're supposed to do it for yourself. And then um, eventually it was all these things. And for example, uh, and it happened several times with, with friends of mine who, who had worked with traditional publishers, like they were used to a certain look for their book, uh, a certain art style or, or a certain um, look for their cover. And then the publisher gives them something else and they end up like exercising their veto yeah. <laughs> over over the look and then referring their own designer friends referring it 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 if uh, the way that you want to be involved in your book uh even if now you have a traditional publisher it's it's required now that you be very involved so after a while maybe uh, a lot of of my author friends uh, would experience this in varying degrees of success and mm-hmm. and uh and in varying degrees of success Wait, just one second. Yes. No. Don't move your <laughs> Yeah, so this is the primary job is being mother to, to this. Yes. <laughs> I don't lock I don't lock my door so the kids don't really come in while they're luckily they're all homeschooling downstairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so what happens is um what what happens is if you if you're used to uh, doing things a certain way and knowing that your book should look a certain way or or it will be liked by by your readers if it were a certain way, you end up transmitting a lot of that to your Tradpub team as well. So you will end up thinking, what if I were just doing this myself? Or what if I just self-publish? <laughs> and, um, and, and, and because a lot of this, a lot of this industry, at least locally, um, uh, has a lot of like freelancers working with Chadpub and with Indie. You could end up working with the exact same people anyway, and and release the book how you want it. Um, some things remain difficult, like bookstore placement, um, mm. if you're Indie. Uh, yeah. So, so but that's why I focus a lot on digital. Um, and because so far digital is just everywhere and I write in English again that's the thing uh, the language that I write in does have a lot of readers in countries not just the Philippines and actually in cities not just Manila so so Mm. it 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 just happens to be that uh, I, I have a product that's easy to digitize and easy to sell in in other places you know, um, I think a lot of people they get confused by the term uh, publishing. Um, like I, I mm-hmm. think one, I, I think I, I've seen you talk about it before online also, and I get this a lot because we our family has a printing press where where writers will come up come up to us and say, um, so since you have a printing press, can you publish my book? You know, and we're like, <laughs> oh. no, we just print the book. That's not, you know, publishing is different from printing. You know, so. Yeah. Um, and and you're just saying that you know whether you go traditional publishing or self-published, a lot of the the tasks are still the same. So some people may be asking, so what is publishing then? When 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 are you considered the publisher uh, of the book? So what what does um, what just to make it clear, like what is what for you? What is publishing? What makes you the publisher of your book when you do what or when you? Um, I I I have a view 
uh, wherein if I um, I consider myself a publisher if I control uh, the creative aspect and as well as the distribution uh, mm -hmm. and editorial aspect of the book. So uh, even if I work with a traditional publisher in printing and distribution, which which uh, I do have partnerships uh, that cover just printing and distribution, I make it clear that I'm the publisher and mm -hmm. they are a partner. Uh, this is um, this is something that yeah we have to talk about in terms of like different authors see it different ways. For example, uh, when I talk to Wattpad authors, uh, I tell them that you are the publisher of your book. When you hit publish on Wattpad, you have published your book. It uh even if they consider it a work in progress because it's serial or eventually when it's sold it um it's edited or changed in some way the fact that they have made it public on the website <laughs> to a readership of thousands and maybe millions uh they should consider themselves the publisher from that point on so it's a debate and a lot of people like sort of need to get used to it because <laughs> because suddenly uh I guess it feels like when you call yourself a publisher, now you have all this responsibility mm -hmm. and all this, uh, all this work that you have to do. But I like talking authors through that because when they consider themselves part of the professional process now, early, then maybe they'll make more interesting or safer choices or better choices for themselves uh, rather than thinking that they're an amateur and then only when they sign with a corporate entity do they become professional. Yeah. You, we are building our brand uh, online as we create and post. So we should, we should be more um, in charge uh, of these things that we, uh, that we release. Yeah. Yeah. On my end, like w when I talk to people and they ask me about publishing, uh, one of the factors I always bring in is about um, money. Basically, I say that, you know, for me, the uh, like my view is the publisher is the one who puts up a lot of the money for yeah. getting the book out there. So, for example, um, like with my when I published comics, for example, for one of my friends, like uh, like Arnold Are, when he he tried self-publishing um, his book, I don't know, he's the one who paid for the printing. He paid for all the marketing mm -hmm. and all that. But when 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 I was the one the one he asked me to publish his book, so I said, okay, so I, I we become the publisher because basically we're the ones who will put up the money for 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 printing, yeah. for the marketing, and all that. Um, and that of course affects also the profit share basically afterwards. Like when when you self publish, the idea is that you get to keep uh, bulk of the, the income. While if you you have someone else publish for you, uh, I'm not sure how it is with other. Uh, with other publishing companies, but usually they give you a certain royalty, right? Uh, yeah. Which they, as you said, they're the ones who who, who said that. How yeah, how does that? Yeah. So how does that happen? Like for example, not since a lot of the stuff that you do is mostly digital. How does the? Do you, have you ever worked with a publisher in digital, or does digital really mean that you have to go self publishing? Because what's the role of a publisher going to be in digital? If there's no there's I no cost. Hard. Yeah. I have only worked with a. Oh, actually, I have worked with the with the digital publisher, but it was a specific project. Uh, so when I told you about Filipino authors being really successful doing this and doing it full time, yes, there are uh, Filipino authors who are also like who have set up like boutique digital publishers. So, so.
so I have worked with I have worked with one in particular and uh, so I guess the way that we define our relationship is if they get to decide uh, when my book is released <laughs> so so what I did was I, I wrote a book uh, based on it was it was like an anthology uh, that would be a limited run um, it it felt very uh, it felt very like a team coming together. It didn't it wasn't really a publisher uh, relationship uh, the way that many see it. But what what happens is of uh, this this uh, Filipino author had a boutique digital publishing agency uh, digital publishing firm. We we came up with an anthology idea together. It was going to be a limited run. I think only three months on Amazon. So everyone wrote their book based on certain requirements, submitted, it was packaged, it was sold. And then at the end of three months, we got our money. <laughs> and then and then the rights reverted back to every author. Uh, so, so in that case, yes, she was, uh, that firm was my publisher uh, because they controlled the cover when it was released, uh, they collected the money. Uh, they they collected uh, they distributed the royalties. They got to decide where it was sold. So I consider that a publisher relationship. Um, every other time that I've published a book, I actually keep digital rights. So I own I have only really given print uh, distribution to Philippine publishers. So um, so it's a partnership wherein I consider myself still uh, the digital publisher of all of my books. When, yeah, I think it's a good thing to to, to keep in mind when, when uh, that it's also rights. It's it's really a matter of uh, when you get a publisher, you're just assigning them rights um, to, to release something. Um, like my experience is that when it's digital, they very rarely do. There's no exclusivity usually. Um, not mm -hmm. with publisher, but usually with platforms. What my experience is mostly with platforms eh, where they ask. Um, they have a new app. That's usually the yeah. they say, can you do? Can you put your content on our app? And then the profit mm -hmm. sharing there is like, um, but whatever after the Apple or Amazon's cut, we'll do it usually 50 50. Yeah. Um, so, for for example, for people who are going to uh, try, uh, you, let's say through the traditional publishing before we do self publishing, what what should they expect in terms of um, not not in, in peso values, maybe in percentage values, like what uh, what what kind of royalty should they expect? Um, what should they um, be aware of if, if they try to enter the contracts or agreements. Um, you know, like um, what's, I, what's... I, based on what I've seen, uh, very few uh, publishers give advances. So if you've looked online and you've looked at like advice, <laughs> advice articles, like what to look for in a contract, and it talks about advances, you probably won't get any of that here in the Philippines. Uh, probably no advances. I've seen contracts where the royalties are 15%, and I've seen contracts where the royalties are 5%. So, oh, there's 5%. Uh, that's usually, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's really contract to contract. So, um, it's going to be different. My, my general rules for, because people ask me for advice, but they don't show me the contract because they can't, yeah. or, yeah, or, no, they, like, or they won't. Yeah, they won't. They won't show the contract. They just want like some sort of reassurance that that this is going to be okay. Uh, but the basic advice that I have for contracts that I don't see is make sure you keep copyright. Uh, 
if it doesn't say if it says the copyright goes to the publisher have them change it uh, make sure that you keep copyright don't not even shared copyright it should be yeah. exclusive author copyright um another thing is there should be a termination clause so the the contract should say when it ends and uh so if it doesn't if you can't see an end date anywhere in the contract you you have to assume that it's going to be forever so you have to insist that there be an end date five years is a good end date uh you'll by the way anything i say here uh an author will receive pushback from the publisher on so it's really negotiation and and how willing you are to walk away the the royalties i don't know I, i've never really encountered publishers being willing to negotiate on the percentage of royalties uh so so if you see 5 10 15% that's probably going to be it uh you have to look at details like no royalties on copies sold at discount so <laughs> so that's usually in the contract so actually anytime they put your book on sale you don't earn anything uh so oh, really i didn't know i didn't know that but... <laughs> so so when local books go on sale i feel sad <laughs> because it means the author isn't earning <laughs> i do it wrong but i still give royalties when i discount our books oh anyway good <laughs> exactly um so there's stuff like that you have to watch out for that there's also um uh if there's it, it you uh they should put there in the contract the schedule of when they're they pay you and when you get your royalty report um because often it's awkward for that's the awkward song that's the awkward dance right. between author and publisher like when will you pay me when do i get paid right. so it be, so it should be a schedule that's in the contract so so the author isn't put in an awkward situation of having to ask for their money at least uh the author knows that maybe january feb or march of of every year they have the right to send an email and ask for things um so that um another thing is um uh another thing is uh i guess if you're very if you're an artist and you're particular about the art they, it should have a cost there about how you can have a say on final final approval on any kind of art related thing um that that of course will vary depending on how you how attached you are to the work and what kind of work it is um i i for example because i'm not particular about the art uh i am very particular though about the edit so i mm-hmm. i ask for final approval on any kind of editorial changes done even just proofreading on on my book so i have to i have to really look into that um in a contract and then uh Sometimes contracts, I'm aware that uh, some publishers just buy the work outright. And, uh, and so it's an arrangement where there's no royalties because it's an upfront one-time fee. And mm-hmm. then they own, they own the story uh, from then on. Uh, don't do that. No, don't do <laughs> try that. Not to, try not to say yes. To any kind of arrangement like that because uh because it it it's characters also 
it's characters that the the book might not be the book or the comic or the yeah. the particular thing be one a one off that you did but you have the right to use the characters mm-hmm, right. in other you have the right to of course it's yours you made it so don't just sell the entire thing where suddenly now another entity owns the right to create new stories based on characters that mm-hmm. that you made so just stuff like that it's hard though because I, I i mean i say this but when people depending on their where they're at in life as an artist when they're offered any kind of fee they want to <laughs> take it so just yeah just just remember that you always deserve more and uh this you never know you never know this could actually have been like the next big thing and you gave it away hmm. Well, just to, I want to double back a little bit on uh, with the royalties. So, w- with many publishers, do they do it off of uh, gross sales, net sales? I'm surprised. That's something I didn't know. I was actually surprised that they discounted sure their none. No, I, yeah, I, I would have thought. Pretty... Um, uh, but it's the, I thought the point of its percentage is that if it's discounted, it's a percentage of the, the lower price. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I don't, not all not all contracts have it. But when I started seeing it, There's, there were uh, some. Okay. Uh, yeah yeah it ha- it actually happens um some uh i know of some publishers where uh because they've already purchased the rights to the story uh they pay per reprint so, mm-hmm. so it is in the author's interest for sales to for sales of the book to really uh for the book to really sell out so that it triggers a reprint and then they get paid again but I don't think that should be the case. I think every single book purchased, yeah, <laughs> something must go to. <laughs> I I don't believe in the whole like batch and then pay upon reprint. Um. So right. yeah. Uh. In terms of, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's net. The I I worked with I think a couple of publishers. I'm pretty sure that they compute royalties based on net. Uh. Mm. So so it's interesting because. If it's net, then it's actually lower for a yeah, lower royalty. Yeah, because they can calculate. Oh, we, we spent more on this. That's why you're and taxes yeah. and whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's some. There, if it's hard to go, it's hard to really be on top of this if you're also the author. That's why in other industries and in other countries they have agents to be this person for you. Yeah. You have to negotiate and make sure that you're being paid out correctly, and and um and making sure that that the books are displayed where they're supposed to be displayed. So oh, yeah, that's yeah. um yeah, <laughs> that's just uh something that is. But if you're publishing digitally, that's totally different uh thing altogether. Yeah, at least um a lot of that. Even if you work with different retailers, a lot of that is. You you get your data and you see it. Uh, you you get the dashboard of your data and you see the sales and you see computations of of your royalties. So at least um at least it's easier in a way. So speaking of digital, so you're saying like for example, with of course with traditional uh, print publishing, uh the the fight there's always a shelf space. You get displayed properly. Um you know of course print runs. You know how big is your print run? Because that will also affect the price. And since it's 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 based on a 
what do you call this? It's based on a percentage base. You know, that's how much you're going to earn, all that. With digital, as you said, a lot of these things are not factors anymore. There's no such thing as there's no shelf space anymore. There's no distribution costs. Uh, marketing can now be done. Actually, they expect you to do the marketing as the author already. Yeah. So that's why for a lot. And, and as I think we were saying before that, um, the reason why publishers feel that, oh, you're only entitled to 5%, 10% is because we're the publisher. We put up the money for all these things. That's why we deserve yeah, all uh, the work. Uh-huh. Yeah, and all the work. But when you get to digital, you know, um, the reason why uh, I think more people go into self-publishing, there's there's hardly any costs anymore. There's no printing costs anymore. There's no, uh, what do you call it? The marketing costs can be done uh, through guerrilla marketing and all that. So when you were doing digital, what what's the shift then, for, for example, in terms of uh, not you, you're handling marketing, you're handling in a way distribution, um, and choosing what platforms, what are the things that, what, what advice can you give to an author who's going to try to do uh, digital publishing? Um, it, it's very easy uh, because again, as what you said, uh, there's no printing, there's no, uh, there's no printing, there's no things okay. like uh, um, shipping things, shipping books to bookstores and then making sure that they're displayed in the proper shelves. Uh, those are all um, recreated in a digital environment. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's it's easier. It's just that uh, it, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's easy to be a success. Uh, it is easy to, to put up your Word document and a JPEG of the cover image on Amazon. And then you get to experience though um, the you get to experience uh, what that feels like. Meaning, uh, if you did not do the work in terms of editing and getting a good cover done, the reviews that you will get, they will tell you, they will tell you exactly what you did wrong. Um, they expect readers uh, of this particular market will uh, will call you out. If your book is not the the kind of professional quality that they expect, because it's not free, it's paid. So they paid money. They expect a certain quality. Uh, they are only probably going to give you one chance. Uh, it is a very crowded marketplace right now. It when I started on Amazon, there there were already there was a lot of of authors and books already. Now there's more. I mean, it's super crowded. You can't even find anything anymore <laughs> unless you know what you're looking for. It's really difficult to get noticed. Amazon is actually, uh, it, Amazon will actually encourage you to buy ads in Amazon. So mm-hmm. just so your book will be noticed by, by people when they make certain searches because the there really is so many there really are so many books out there of it it's so so it's not uh the publishing part is kind of easy but discoverability uh finding readers that's difficult and that's why um people people have different ways to to try to do well in this um in this when they when they go digital, uh, I know of successes who are really just lucky. <laughs> I they uh 
I and and she's so one uh it's it's a range so I have to do a lot of work for example I have to be present online I have to really do reader outreach the kinds of books that I write are not instant buys for mm. for a lot of people I have to speak I have to to speak in classes I have to teach I have to really build communities and make people aware of my books so so that my books will sell some people uh, just happen to write books that people want to buy. They happen to, it's not even trend. There, there are some books and some genres and types of books within that genre where there's a, there's a stream of readers already that are just one click, will one yeah. click everything. So I've worked with, uh, as I as I go through publishing uh, my my publishing experiments, I also helped out other authors uh, publish. And some people I work with, so there's one Pinay author in particular. We helped her put her book on Amazon, and then it was just a thing she did. She put it. We we helped her put it on Amazon, and then she didn't look at her stats. She it was just it was just a thing she did. She put it up, told her readers on Wattpad that that it was up, and then didn't didn't look at her stats, didn't look, didn't pay attention to the book until three months later, she got her royalty uh, notifications and she had earned like a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money, like in like easily over a hundred thousand pesos. In, wow. in, yeah. And she, and she didn't do anything. So, so for every, she didn't do anything. She just, announced it one time and then yeah. went on with her life. <laughs> and so there are there are uh there are going to be a range of examples uh of people just writing a book that finds its own audience by itself. And then and there's gonna be people like me who constantly have to be uh present because uh the kinds of books that we write are not typical or have not don't have a developed audience yet where people See what it is and immediately buy it. Uh, we have to we have to do the work of building the audience and explaining to people how how what the, what the books are, what the characters are, and what uh, why and why we deserve to be bought. I think it's you know, range. Gonna be yeah, yeah. Well, what's happening now is that you know, especially with probably, you said Amazon um, is this huge marketplace. There's all kinds of genres, all kinds of um, like when they say their top ten lists, you could there's a list for almost any specific kind of genre, like uh, yeah. you know, like yeah. sci-fi, yeah. dystopian cooking novel, something yeah. like that. You know, so, but um, so exactly. it, it's it's really playing into the whole like, the long tail of of yeah. the digital that you can have uh, with platforms even like YouTube and all that. Um, you can have almost any kind of niche. Um, so you know the shift now, I think. Um, is that but the nice thing about digital because there are a lot less um, overhead costs a lot less um variable costs like printing um you don't need as a, a, a huge a readership to 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 make something or to to make it sustainable um i think a lot of you know what, what there's the term now there's a minimum viable audience it's, it's a lot smaller you don't need mm -hmm. like 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 local publishing about what, what's the for them to consider publishing your book what's the, what's a typical print run or that that they would expect um, for them um, to consider. I think when I was well back then, I think I think 
I think my print run was ten thousand, and then and then eventually with another publisher it became two thousand. So it really varies because uh, at least in my genre, Wattpad has changed uh, the yeah. location of the bar. Like the yeah. bar used to be here. With Wattpad, <laughs> it's higher. Um, they expect. But again, uh, it it for Wattpad, for example, uh, I think a lot of people are seeing the conversion rate. Like because it's free, it's a, it's likely a free story with thousands or millions of readers. Um, I think right now, if if they're able to convert the one one percent of that, it's yeah. it it's already like a huge publishing or print audience for them, or even digital. So that's what that's what um my friends who are really successful as authors are doing. They're 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 putting their work out for free for to a larger audience and then monetizing it uh to the super fans, <laughs> right? Who might be than ten percent, but they really put they really release a product with value, and then and then even if less than ten percent buy it, yeah, the, the that's the viable audience, and it's small, but it it works for them, and also they're 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 working for themselves. They're usually indie publishers, so yeah. they're not they don't have targets to meet uh, or bosses to report to. <laughs> they really are it 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 is really um. It is really something that they're doing for themselves, and then and then the fans are rewarding them with. Uh, so it's that kind of relationship. Um, because of that, I think um, we were talking a while ago about uh, the, we have, uh, especially for for when you write for a very specific kind of genre, uh, for example, like a, a romance in English uh, for young adults or or for um, and. If you're not lucky enough to catch on to a a, a, a publishing trend, they're saying uh, that with publishing the the the, the misconceptions that everyone thinks, oh, this is going to be because of Harry Potter, publishing is a big thing, writing is a big thing now, and they they don't realize that no, that's a that's an exception to the rule. Um, but with digital, what they say that there are concepts like the one thousand true fans that you just need to find uh, one thousand fans willing to pay hundred US dollars a year. And that's already enough to um, you know, sustain a single artist. But like you were saying, that you know, to get the, those one thousand true fans, there's a conversion. That's if it's one percent. That means you need a hundred, at least a hundred thousand um, fans, and all that. So it seems that the trend now it's really about building an audience first, right? It, it's not we publish something and then look for people to read. It's it's really uh, you have to be a little generous first, release it for free, even if there's pirates and whatnot. You know, just get people to read it, know about you, then some of that you can convert um, them to buying ebooks or print versions or merch and all that. Um, and I think key to that is always going to be um, building a community, you know, finding people who, like, like you said, who, who like this, the kinds of stories that you do. Um, is, is that sort of what um, led you to, to start the whole uh, the idea of, of Romance Class, which is your, can you tell us a little bit about Romance Class? Uh, Romance Class is a is a community of readers and authors of Filipino um, romance in English. So I have to be really specific about that because there is a lot of romance content produced by Filipinos, but uh, we in particular in the community produce um, romance content in English, and we're Filipino authors. Uh, and it started 
2013. So I did a free class on Facebook. Um, I created a Facebook group, offered a free class. I said, if I, if, I, if I gave away my outline and taught people how to write a contemporary romance, uh, would, would you join? Would people actually finish a book? And they did. So 100 people joined the free class. There were about, of course, most of them were lurkers. There were, there were about 50 active participants. And then uh, by the end of six months, we had about 16 uh, finished manuscripts, if I'm not mistaken. And then by in the months that followed, 11 of those manuscripts were published on Amazon as indie books. So the, the group that formed to support the online class um, uh, stayed because now we had 11 new books to support <laughs> because because we had helped sort of release these books into the world and now we had to of course our responsibility was to support it to read it support the authors and um and the authors who didn't finish or didn't uh or sort of wandered into the group after the books were the first books were released we became a support group for them as well because a lot of them wanted to be authors, wanted to try to write, and uh, and it grew from there. So so that uh, that is again one of those things that came up because uh, it's just something we needed at the time. Uh, we we put it together because we needed it, but now uh, it's been around for seven years. We've released more than a hundred books. Uh, We've helped about 80 plus authors um, and it has to remain. The community has to remain um, because now, uh, now I've sort of made it part of the community rule that if you're going to join, you have to read and, and we all have to be. So that's the first rule. We have to all, we have to all be interested in this kind of book and read this kind of book so that we can we can help it grow and help um and help and it's and it uh i've actually gone around and given talks about how to establish communities like romance class and and that's the rule that that the first rule that i give uh, this has to be uh you have to have a commitment to read each other and that that's really the thing and then you'll tweak it uh not all of you will be writing romance or will be interested in writing what we write, but uh, the base commitment here is that you read each other. And you read each other even as some of you become more successful than others. <laughs> you have to, uh, the more successful you are, I think, the more responsibility that you have to make sure that, that the others are also seen and also, um, and also get the opportunities that were offered to you. So yeah, that's uh, that's how we help um, reach uh, yeah 1,000 fans, but 1,000 fans for everybody, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's what we're trying to do. So aside from saying that you, re I think that's that's really great that you know because like in many artistic communities, even like uh, with us, for example, in, in comics community, there's always that uh, you know there's that crab mentality that sort of gets into many creative endeavors and oh, they sort of get more competitive and oh, it's more about putting down each other's works or I don't want to read that because it's not. Um, and and, and um, making people, I, I see it a lot of artistic communities, whether it's in the film, theater, um, it's those that sort of pull together and support each other that really uh, are able to, you know, sort of rise up 
and make themselves more visible. Um, but aside from that, when you're talking, for example, your to your readership, what what aside from the fact that it's in English, what about romance class books um, do you feel among your community? What makes it uh, unique? What what's what's your distinguishing feature that this is what you know the stories that we as a group make? Mm. Uh, we actually did make some guidelines regarding that. So that's my other advice if people are really going to be serious, starting like an author community. Uh, so first you have to agree to read each other. So if you're okay with that, then you move on to the next thing, which is you agree on a stand. Like, and this, this, isn't, okay, this isn't how we started. We all just wanted to write something and support each other. But I think the longevity here and the trust that we establish with readers and um, uh, and and any credibility we have with readers is because at a certain point, maybe three years ago, we needed we were we became serious about this. Uh, as a group, we had to agree on certain things and commit to certain things in the books that we write. So, first of all, uh, because we're romance, again, this may vary per genre. Uh, we this we um we agreed as a group. And you have to agree when you join happy endings only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, we follow a, a genre convention of romance, which requires a happy ending. So yeah. so that's the first level of trust that we have with readers that any romance class book will have a happy ending. Um, the next thing is agency. So this is new, and this is something very specific to our Filipino situation. Uh, we decided as a group. And I, as the founder of the group, I'm sort of like the, the teacher enforcing this. Um, you have to give your characters agency. So a lot of Philippine romance media relies on the female, usually female, main character being forced to do something or prevented from doing something or coerced into mm-hmm. something. He, that is against our guidelines. And, um, so it's not just me. Readers are now aware of this and uh, they appreciate the books because of it. It is in every book, we, um, we, the position here is that it, uh, the main character who's Philip, who's, who tends to be a Filipina has choices and has, uh, and when she says no, people respect it. <laughs> and when she, and when she, uh, and when she, achieve something in her career or when she does something for herself people don't prevent her from doing that <laughs> so it's uh it's very specific it's a very specific position that uh editorially we kind of uh that's why we read each other and critique each other uh that's one of the things we watch out for because um because it's easy we're so used to uh philippine romance stories where uh Pinilit ng parents, pinilit ng, uh, or sacrifice something for your for your family or so um, we acknowledge that those stories exist but we will not write them we will write uh, we we demand demand well, we actually can't demand anything I mean we're not your publisher but um, uh, we want authors to write stories where their characters can choose things and are free to choose things and then we see the we see what happens when a Filipino or Filipino woman is actually given uh, the right to to choose things 
and see the consequences of her choices. So that, so so that's a rule. Another guideline, especially when it comes to the romance part, is consent. So, uh, everything has to happen consensually. Every everything. Uh, not all of us are writing books that have a high heat level, meaning explicit sexual content. Uh, yeah. Some of us are writing teen YA killing stuff, but it's still pervasive in Philippine romance media that uh, you see stories na even if it's not explicit, there is a lot of um, uh, dynamics where where people are not consenting to to the situations. Uh, they're not consenting to be in this situation. So. That's another thing that we had to learn to watch out for in our book that any kind of situation, any like, does she want to be at that party? Does she want to? <laughs> did she want that drink? Did she want yeah. uh, every single thing? Uh, um, the main character who, who tends to be a Filipino woman has to say yes. So, and, and as you can imagine, it's difficult for some writers to get out of that mindset because. Um, the first thing that they do, uh, the first thing that they write in a romance situation is like the guy asks her out and she says no. So he persists. And yeah. uh, so, <laughs> and then he asks her again. So the and tropes, he asks her of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is a trope, but, and it's a valid trope. It, it happens all the time. You see it not just in Philippine culture, but in other cultures. But at least in our community, we decided none of that. When he asks, she says yes the first time. <laughs> right. Every situation is something that she wants to be in. And the same goes for, for men as well, because sometimes we, we do encounter situations where, um, where the men are coerced into something. So we have to remind authors also to not do that. So uh, those, those are like, it's just three things. <laughs> but but uh, it, it actually is uh, editorially, that's what defines. Uh, a romance class book and that's why uh that, that that's something you have to believe in also if you're going to join uh, the group otherwise you'll be as an author you'll be so confused about why why people are saying all these things about what you've written when it's exactly like so and so or or something that you read when you were a kid uh but but we will push back against that. So uh, my advice to writer communities is to decide what you stand for. And when it comes, yeah, 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 and really, and really be, uh, and and you really gain the confidence to to enforce that in terms of like editorial feedback and critique when you actually read each other. So <laughs> yeah. When when I'm just curious, like when it comes to, for example, the the aspect of consent, for example, is the things like um, the trope, na, oh, the, the, he, this person pretending to be someone else, so that you know, like uh, for example, what's one of those Netflix shows, the Sheryl Burgess at, you know, where um, oh, is yeah. that actually consent? Is that consent? Uh, for example, does that fall under your? Because <laughs> they think it's someone else, so even though they're giving consent, but they don't because they don't have full knowledge of, oh, that that's really this other person. Does that fall under your your guidelines, for example, or is that a? Uh, yeah, we we'll have the thing is, Deba, we even though in the group. 
we we have this stand we're surrounded by media that doesn't follow it and we actually right. enjoy those as well <laughs> so right. so eventually eventually we had to sort of develop a vocabulary where okay in the group when we critique each other we point this out but you know what we might enjoy something that that isn't yeah. that uh on tv or on film but at least like acknowledge that this is something that that is present there or that happens there um there's a book uh there's a romance class book that went through one of the classes it's called ghost of a feeling by celestine trinidad and for mm-hmm. a huge percentage of the book the girl thinks she's talking to a ghost and he's not a ghost yeah of course. <laughs> he's he's not a ghost he is in makeup and has a fog machine and is pretending to be a ghost <laughs> and of course so so uh that's one kind of deception <laughs> yeah. and and there are consequences and and what i like again is we we sort of challenge the author to if this yeah. is really what you want to do there has to be consequences and true enough when you read the book uh he does deceive her in that way and then there are consequences when when yeah. the deception is discovered um so yeah so it's okay to for for me again because all, every book is different every author is going to want to attack something in their own way um it's really about how you show the consequences of this particular thing so so you can you can sort of take close to to violating a guideline mm-hmm. but actually show how um right how we can see it in a different way or how we can process the consequences of it um in a very entertaining and romantic way but then yeah. i think you know one one big issue that comes up a lot now especially in art is is especially very political times is um what how do you you know how do you keep your 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 standards your your core beliefs your values um sometimes when you are trying to make a living doing a certain art um you know we've had issues where like um for example um like in, in theater now oh they, 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 why did this like arete why did they invite the marks to come in but then there were big donors so how do you balance those things and what the, with you guys for example what you're doing is is that you are, you have a particular uh, advocacy certain values that you know these are the kinds of stories we believe should be out there but these are the kinds of stories the genres the tropes that sell you know and um you know it it's Yeah. It's, I think it's nice that you're it, but how, up, how, yeah. How do you navigate in you know, balance that thing? We we actually we actually um uh by choosing to do it this way, we of course give up a lot of opportunities we could have had and that's a reality. Uh but we're indie. <laughs> Again, I have if I underperform, <laughs> it's all on me. I have no boss that I report to. But yes, that's true. Um when you uh when you do work with corporate or when you do work with i don't know an entity that has all these interests um or political affiliations you will see that uh uh i see that uh i'm glad i'm in a position to opt out <laughs> and but of course that is that has financial consequences for me and that's why i work in i i i keep my job <laughs> in other in other fields but i think i think it's where again i i don't people will decide what's best for them um i i like that i've chosen uh like that uh if i've chosen it this way 
um, and I know that I'm giving up some things. Uh, I I try to make up for it by looking for opportunities with people who uh, who actually are more aligned in uh, in our thinking. Um, that's a bit more difficult to do because of the nature of um, of systemic injustice <laughs> where certain people in power really are in power but uh, but it i think i don't know um it, it is more rewarding to to do it this way it is more rewarding to do it this way and not have to think about um uh because the way that the way that we do our books now is we're we're very mindful of um i was asked before because a lot of uh, the work that we do in editorial now has a lot to do with learning, for example, removing ableist language from our mm-hmm. book, or removing uh, racist language that that we've kind of gotten used to growing up here in the Philippines, and um, and and we sort of excuse as a cultural thing. So we, but we our books are also read in other countries, so mm-hmm. we we do get we do get feedback, and we do get the uh, like we do get the consequence we 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 get um sort of uh called out if we do something wrong in that arena so so we we're trying to be better so i was asked before if, if that's just us being too sensitive and i think if we uh our position now is if we are able to make it so our books are safe for for people who are marginalized, for people who usually experience racism, if they can rely on our books as the place where they do not get that, then it's worth it. It's worth the extra work and and learning new things. Um, this is not how publishing does it here. Um, it's not how it's not how it's not the standard yet. Uh, so it is like extra work for for uh, for making it safe for a community um, that that should be enjoying our books also. Um, but yeah, it's a position that you take uh, that that might require giving up, like doing extra work or giving up an, an easy, an easy paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it's more rewarding. And, and I feel that that's why we've been at this for, for seven years. And I've been at this personally for 10 years and I still feel proud about what I've done uh it's so easy to be burnt out and just leave it all behind <laughs> because of how just how things are and just how how we how we work creatively uh, but but I actually like I actually like that we're doing something important I feel I think it's great that you know because you have a very specific um uh, very specific advocacy very specific uh values in your story that you, you want to preserve and you know rather than okay there's no market for it here because it's digital you know and, and we can actually go expand we'll just find a way to expand the market for people in other countries basically you know or maybe more open to this um you know you, you you i guess there's that sort of entrepreneurial idea that you know if there's no market here i'll find a market i'll create one um uh, and for me i think maybe that's one good way Maybe artists can figure out how to navigate. How do I balance my values with, with uh, making the 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 work sustainable? Um, one thing I also noticed that you guys do is you also branch out not just in terms of audience, but even in terms of the output itself. It's not just books, ebooks, and but 
like you're branching out into to audiobooks, you're branching out into, you're trying to do a film and video. How, could you give us a little uh, behind the scenes about the, the thought process of, you know, how, how can we expand past the, 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 the usual platforms and the usual outputs where, where our stories are found in? Um, yes, so those are really exciting things that we're doing. Um, and I only really got to focus on that because I decided to write less. So, so um, that's the yeah, downside. So of, <laughs> yes, just uh, so that's a, something you had. A, you had a guide question for me about how to balance. Um, yeah, there are limits, like not just ours in the day, but like almost like spaces in, in your head. So when you when you focus for me, at least when I focus on one thing or one new thing, it means giving up time for, for something else. Uh, I used to release, I think on my most like productive year, I released four new books. I wrote and released four new books. I don't do that anymore. I It's now down to one book if I'm, but I, I don't even think of it as one book a year on a schedule. I'm like, eh, if, I, if it's done, it's done. <laughs> um, so that, that gave me the free time to think about other things, meaning audiobooks. So I, uh, I think I think audio should be bigger in the Philippines um, because we're stuck waiting in places a lot, <laughs> and and we could be reading more. And I could never read in a moving vehicle, for example. Um, so, yeah, true. So I uh, I gravitated toward podcasts and audiobooks whenever I'm in transit. And and when you when you start getting used to audiobooks, you will realize that there's no Filipino content on there because we're not doing it. And uh, so so that's an entire that's an entire um, market that we are not present in, even if people are looking for it because they can only go by what's available, and we are not available. Uh, it requires a lot more work again because you have to write the book and then you have to get somebody to read like a 40,000 word <laughs> book and and pay someone well for that for doing that well uh, so it does require some investment that is something we're trying to it, it's a it's a it's something we're trying to to get into uh i've sort of experimented with um with how to produce that but then quarantine happened and and i feel that a lot of people are at home or actually have home recording systems and home studios and and maybe i don't need to be thinking about this problem maybe (laughs) maybe people who already have the talent and the equipment can for example uh audition or or sign up for these audio narrator um, pools, uh, so that they can be contracted to to read. And it's not just me, because because uh, the problem with financing an audiobook is personally I can't afford it, or another indie Pinoy author can't afford it. But you know what? There are Filipinos abroad writing Filipino characters. They might need a Filipino narrator, uh, and they don't mind paying for it. So so it's really just just suddenly familiarizing myself with the whole new publishing system and what we need right. to be present in it. And same with film. So that's uh, another thing that I decided to do um, that's now on hold because of, of, of quarantine, but uh, we've been in talks to have the books adapted into film. Uh, 
if not here, then if not so far, not here in in uh, in the Philippines yet. Uh, so far, we've been working with a team in LA to uh, to help find um, uh, the right projects for us because again, um, we want to be able to. Uh, we want to be able to see the kind of mm-hmm. audience that this book can get because you know uh uh and and i've been asked like why why haven't romance class books been adapted locally and i'm like they don't need us they don't need <laughs> there's so there, there's so many filipino romances and and we do this so well you don't need yeah. to option adapt a book to to have content we're we're so good at this, but other markets looking for uh, looking to diversify their their lineup, looking to diversify the the kind of stories that they tell, um, might might be more interested in what we're doing here. So so that's one project that that I've been doing also. Yeah. How hard is and it? And again, this. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just uh so and and it, it's reader outreach again because a percentage of those if if anything were to be adapted into into the next like killing Netflix movie, <laughs> then a percentage of those might end up buying the book. Right, because you're branching out to other things. What's it like having to network with um, you know basically other fields? Now you're you're getting to people into film production, audio production, performers. You know, again, as writers, we're all used to just you know we write it, we talk to fellow writers. But here, by expanding, you're now forcing yourself to and your 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 community to expand into interacting with other communities, collaborating with other communities. So what's that been like, and um, how how do you how do you sort of move out of our you know our introverted writer shell and to get out into you know, interacting with other communities out there it's uh it's difficult <laughs> but but again um i have to say that uh this this all happened all these projects happened in a way that 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 was slow and and for me felt organic because uh again uh when i mentioned that that if you work with if you work with with a certain with certain corporate entities you can have all of this at the ready and uh if if uh and they will do it for you um i chose to work only with people who kind of who got it got it mm-hmm. i i yeah. i used i used Term as if um, as if it means something, but it, it's a, it's a feeling that uh, it, it's very much um, or it's very much deciding to work with people who understand the value of of this. Yeah. So you have a very specific kind of story, yeah. Yes, who understand and also probably have read it and liked it. So so. Because I've been in, I've been invited to meetings where I pitch what we're about to a skeptical panel, mm-hmm. and and uh, and so much of of uh, publishing and corporate and the arts works that way, and uh, I don't know how many artists really like going through that, and uh, and if they're happy with um with the results, uh, so 
I have decided to only really work with people who, who, based on meeting them, understand what we're trying to do, are sort of similar, have a similar point of view. And so far, it's been great because, because all the work I feel is higher quality. Because, for example, uh, the the narrator, I I I had produced my own audiobook, and I had gotten uh, and the audiobook narrator I got is the theater actress who had been reading uh, our books in performances for for years. So so she understood my writing. She was willing to read for fifty five thousand words <laughs> of a book. And and is this for is this when, for Irish after the incident. Yes, I was after yeah. the incident, and when I and and during the recording, when I heard her, uh, she required very little direction because she she understood. It's like mm-hmm. again, it's like uh, and then when I ask her what it is, she she says she doesn't. She claims her name is Rachel Coates. She claims she claims that it's not some special talent. It's just reading comprehension. But <laughs> there is something there. I feel. That they that that certain people who value your work or understand what you're doing, they just do it better, even without much direction. Similarly, with um with uh the team in LA that we're working with, we're kind of pitching us uh uh to to film projects there. Uh, they understand. Uh, they they um it's a lady named anna and she came to us because she had read the audiobook <laughs> she had she she was like bored uh, uh i think on a plane ride mm. just just ended up on audible tried out the book loved rachel's voice and then and then ended up reading the book and contacting me after so it's like again i didn't have to explain um why these books matter to us and the story is being told in this way um so when she goes out and looks and talks to people about it i trust her uh, because mm-hmm. she gets it even the people who do social media so it looks like romance class has as a community has social media accounts and we have a team of people doing the graphic people doing video people doing um and it's not me it looks <laughs> it's not it seems like I'm a busy person uploading all these things on, on Instagram or Twitter, but I don't do any of that. It's people who are also authors, who are good at this, who love the books. And when you see the post, it's always like they get it. They know. <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to say anything. Uh, it is exactly the way it should look. And, and so, that's, 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 it's, it's so... so um, um, do you have any so do you have any advice for for students um for my students and and for any any aspiring writer who wants to um you know maybe whether they want to make it to their full time profession or if they just want to like 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 what you did just you know uh, make it a part of their their creative life also uh, but at the same time it's something that's uh, sort of an advocacy for them um what do you suggest how do you suggest they start out what should they look out for hi um the thing that worked for me, really, and I'm sorry because some people are really just artists who want to create. Um, my advice is to participate first as a reader or consumer or a fan of the thing. Uh, you, if you're if you're publishing on Amazon, buy books on Amazon. If you're if you're going to 
if you're going to put up uh, a story on Wattpad, be on Wattpad and read uh-huh. stories on Wattpad. Participate as a fan before releasing your work as a creator because you will learn so much about what people like and how people prefer um, to consume and experience the that particular type of art. And then when you know this, at least you learn, you, you eliminate like three levels of mistakes <laughs> and, and, uh, and do that uh, and, and, and sort of get to a successful point faster. Be a participant first. Um, and that should not be difficult if you're, if this is something you like to consume anyway. Um, if this is something that, uh, if this is something that, if you like to read, then what's the problem in reading a little bit more? <laughs> if you like reading comics, what's uh, what's the issue? You should. This is something you should um, you should try to participate in. And then if you find that you cannot, like if you really cannot, if you really don't like reading ebooks. If you really cannot read comics using apps, or if you really, if it's not for you, then you might need to step back and and think of whether this is the path for you. Because um, it's hard to make decisions. Uh, it's hard to make decisions as a creator and as a publisher if you actually don't like the yeah. the um, the the ecosystem that your mm. art will be released in um yeah and i can imagine like filmmakers if you don't like watching movies how are you going to uh how are you going to be successful how will you know what people like and also when when your friends release something how can you support them <laughs> if they because that that's how we grow and that's how we get more uh support and more um and more uh fans or readers or viewers when when we are interacting with like-minded uh artists whose work might like fans of their work and that's what amazon does well actually like people who bought this book also bought that's uh that's part of uh, that's part of your book Amazon page. So you should be in touch with that. You should be the kind of um, you should be the kind of person who who is a participant and not just a creator. Uh, for my last question, um, with the whole you know COVID nineteen, the whole pandemic thing. I mean, you know, people are saying that oh, when this ends, it'll all you know. When can we go back to the way things were when when this whole this quarantine ends? But I really have a feeling that this is not. There's no going back to the way things were before. This is this is like a you know, <laughs> disruption. How how do you think you know, a post quarantine, post the COVID nineteen uh, world is going to be like for for authors, for writers, for for publishing? And how 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 do yeah how do people prepare themselves? You know how 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 should we adapt to this new landscape that we're sort of facing? I find that question sort of. I I I've been thinking about that because uh we had an event. I mean, we're an online community that meets twice a year, and then we had to reschedule. We had to we had to cancel our our face to face event because that was yeah. supposed to be in April, 
So we are already mostly online. We publish online, we 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 talk online, everyone's online. And the few the 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 few events where we actually see each other in person now has to be canceled. So it it's it's a strange feeling, but at the same time, we know how to do online. So yeah, so it almost feels like okay, let's just adjust a little bit, but uh the thing that we do 90% of the time is yeah. then the thing that now we now do like 95% <laughs> of the time but um i think but the thing with our community is we were actually shut out of bookstores for for years already we we um a lot of us uh like maybe 7 5 3 years uh down the line uh in the past we were already not publishing in print or we were already not in bookstores and uh, not in the usual conferences, not in the usual trade fairs, not in, um, not in the big book fairs. We were already doing this in our online spaces because we couldn't afford to join um, retail spaces. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many and many of the successful Wattpad authors are online serial fiction authors for example who were just really selling exclusively online they know mm-hmm. what it's like they know what it's like to not be part of of uh, of a retail or fair environment and just do their their art specifically for online so i feel that we're gonna see that more um it's weird it's weird because for me, it it feels like oh, uh, so we won't be in bookstores, but we actually weren't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for a long time. Uh, oh, um, no more book, no more launches in bookstores. Yeah, we weren't actually being launched in bookstores <laughs> for for a long time. So I don't know if um, if the community that really supports that kind of um, of. Uh, of environment will come together and provide a more inclusive environment. So now, um, so now, more people can participate in in bookstores, in 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 retail, in 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 public events. Uh, I have a feeling that what people were doing online uh, is the thing that will continue. <laughs> I have a feeling that that. Um, the people who already know how to how to monetize online work, uh, they're the ones who will really take off because they already know what to do. So yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that? Um, like for me, our office also, you know, we we work remotely with our clients. So when this whole thing happened, we're like nothing also much changed. Except the things we didn't like doing, like we didn't like meeting people and going out to meet clients. Like, oh, now there's no choice. You really have to meet with Zoom and yeah. Skype and all that. Um, yeah. and, and the feeling was that you know what we've been saying all along is now now you're going to be forced to to do that. But do you think that you, you guys have been in digital for a long time? You know, and you've been advocating for you know yeah that, that you should be digital is where many writers should be going. Um, and there've been a lot of people in the industry who are kind of skeptical about it. And do you think that this now actually rather than it being a threat of a change, it's more of a change where 
oh yeah, I guess you know, si Namina, everyone's was, we're all right. So this is actually where everything is going to start because now everyone's now used to doing contactless payments and online and all that online content. And Imagine but, that, but, yeah. Right? But do you think it'll now be more? Are there going to be more opportunities, or is it going to be now more competitive? Was now the people who were sort of iffy about it are now all going to jump into um, that 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 sphere? And you know, so you have to adjust. And oh, now everyone's going to be here now. So even the the anvils and the and the tahanans and all are going to be full force not in there. So are we going to? How do we? And we yeah. We 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 experienced. I I feel that we experienced that several times. Like the the idea that that um there would be like an excitement over digital and then everyone would would come in and um i'm not worried because the the thing that really was difficult for a lot of us in digital was that the largest players didn't support it so um what happened was we had our audience they knew how to buy books on Amazon or or pay for their Wattpad coins or pay for their radish coins yeah. <laughs> like they were they knew they knew how to do it but it takes like it takes a larger player to really join and bring in more of their audience to to really expand um the and I I have a feeling because in my experience really even if I join a large even if romance class joins for example MIBF I don't think anybody is threatened by our presence there because what we're doing is we're just participating with our own thing and and not really taking share from anyone else we um what matters is if there's a lot of people there at least we're present and we're accessible um I hope that other publishers feel the same way and not that they feel that they're taking our readers from us that's not i don't think i don't think that's the case i don't think it's the case of now this totally different genre is going to take my reader it's not yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not how we think of it at all but if they but if they come in and then they educate their readers that this is how this is how this is how books are easily um bought this is how you can receive the book this is how this is or in audio this is another way to to experience reading and and probably get more people to read uh that's totally fine please please join <laughs> please join us over here so i'm going to do the the typical talk show so are there how can people get in touch with you if they have questions or find out more about your works about your band's class i am <laughs> online uh at Mina Viesguerra on Twitter and Instagram, and Mina Viesguerra on Facebook. Uh, the, I have a page that's not updated, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I have a website, minaviesguerra.com. I talked about romance class that has a website and a catalog of all of the books uh, that that we publish. So that's over a hundred books by Filipino authors. That's available all the time on Amazon. Um, it's romanceclassbooks.com uh we have an event coming up uh we have we, we have online events happening all the time but we have a big one uh on april 25 um it's gonna be we usually have book launches and performances and giveaways and we sell books during our events but now that it's online we're doing it a little differently uh we're broadcasting it on twitch we're <laughs> We're having people record video 
of their performances. Um, we're gonna see. We're gonna see how this goes. Uh, but but yeah. So we're. Uh, it's called April Fields Day. There's a sign up form at bit.ly/slash/AprilFieldsDay2020. If anyone wants to to see what how a book launch could be done <laughs> online <laughs> and uh, and a book event. Uh, so again, um, yeah. So uh, anyone interested, you can you can message me. Uh, talk to me about it but again i like to say that this is my romance publishing is where i'm at your community might be totally different they might act in a different way what we do might not work for you so it's really about doing what uh readers um what your readers want to do and and what fits your your style as a creator so but yeah i mean send the message i might be able to help all right thanks so much mina Thank you.